St. John chapter 8, verse number 1, it says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning He came again into the temple, and all the people came unto Him, and He sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto Him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, and, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto Him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Now let me just say right here, there's some people every now and then we ought to just ignore. Just push them to the side and don't pay any attention to what they're saying. <laughs> Take that for whatever it's worth to you. Verse number 7. So when they continued asking Him, He lifted up Himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again He stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had lifted up Himself and saw none but the woman, He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You may be seated. Our Father, God in heaven, as we bow in Your name tonight, God, we're certainly thankful, we're honored to be gathered the way we are tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for Your Scripture. Thankful, Lord, for Your precious Word that You've allowed us to open and read from tonight. We're thankful for the moving of Your Holy Spirit that we've already felt, already experienced, and already witnessed for our own self. We're thankful for the beautiful singing, the wonderful testimonies. God, it's truly been a wonderful place to be. But God, now we ask, Lord, for Your help. Father, we pray, Lord, that You'd preach to us this message. God, I pray, Lord, that You would teach us, Lord, that You would show us just how You want us to preach tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, if there's one that has a burden, one that has a need, God, I ask, Lord, that You'd move in their life. God, that they'd receive the help that they need from You. And God, we just want to lift You up, want to glorify Your holy name and give You glory and honor. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to preach simply on this tonight condemnation condemnation and I know that there's several uh, places that we could have went to and and simply uh, preached on condemnation but the Lord has uh, turned us here tonight and led us here tonight but we get that word condemnation simply from our word that, that mean that is to condescend and what it means it means to look to look down upon uh, to accuse, uh, to look at someone as though they're lower than you, uh, to uh, perhaps just belittle someone, to, to condescend means to judge, it means to damn, it, it simply means to, to curse or punish, and it, and it also means guilt, and it means shame or disapproval of one's life. And could you imagine what this woman was going through? I believe that through the scripture that we read here tonight, these... Eleven verses that we read in your hearing, I believe that we can find 
uh, a few types, if you will, of condemnation. And I want to preach on that tonight, God willing, just for the next few moments. But I, I believe we can find at least three different types of condemnation here in, in the Word of God in these verses that we read tonight. And first of all, I believe this. I believe that there is what is considered to be or what, what I call self-condemnation. Let me just ask you this. How many of you has ever done something and you know that it was wrong? You know that you've messed up. You know that you've made a mistake. You, you know that whatever it was that you said or whatever it was that you, that you had done, you know it was wrong. Notice in verse number 4, the Bible says that, that there was a woman that was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now she was guilty. And could you imagine the guilt? Could you imagine the shame? Could you imagine how this woman, I believe, no doubt, was embarrassed? Could you imagine what she was going through? And I believe that she was simply having self-condemnation. She knew that she was wrong. She knew that she was guilty. She knew that what the acts that she was doing, she knew that she shouldn't have done those things. And I believe because of that, she had shame in her heart. She had shame in her life. She was guilty and she was convicted of her own actions. She had self-condemnation. Now let me just say this. I believe that every one of us at times in our life deal with what we call self-condemnation. I can say that because we've all got a past. I can say that because we can all look back. Now listen, I'm not up here to throw up your past, but you know what I believe every now and then it's okay to look back and see where we once were and see where God has brought us from, see what God has delivered us from, and see where God has pulled us out of the depths and the mire and the quagmire you think about it tonight and set us upon that firm, solid rock foundation. Now you think about it. I believe that every one of us at times no doubt has what we call self-condemnation. There's times that I look back in my life and think, boy, I made a mess there. I made a mistake there. And I can look back and see the messes and the mistakes that I've made. Now, you think about this. I, I know that every one of us has done wrong. The Bible simply says this, that all have sinned. That includes every one of us and excludes no one. That means that every one of us has sin in our life at times. Now you think about this. I know that, that we've all uh, done things wrong. We've all made a, uh, made a mess and made a mistake of things. But over in Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 21 and 22, it simply says this. It says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed. In other words, I believe what Paul was, was saying here, he was thinking back and maybe going back to a time perhaps in his life or maybe bringing it to someone's memory. You know what? There is, there is pleasure in this world for a season. There is pleasure in sin for a season. But that season's going to come to a halt one day. And then what are we left with? In other words, I believe Paul was saying he was looking back to a time when he had sin in his life. And, and, and we pleasured in those things. Now notice this. In, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 21 and 22. It says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? I look back to things in my life that I'm ashamed of. Let me just say this. There's things that's happened in my life that I have done, I'm guilty of, that I would absolutely not tell nobody about. 
And I'm convinced tonight that every one of us has those things. And I'm not here to throw those up in your face. But I look back and I see where God has brought us from. And God has brought us through those things. God has all, just as they sang tonight, God has always been faithful to me. There's been times in my, I'd like to stand up here and tell you that I've always been faithful. But I can't do that. But I can tell you this tonight. God has never left me. He promised me He would never leave me nor forsake me. He has always been faithful to me. And I promise you this. No matter whether you're faithful or not, God will still be faithful to you. Thank God He's been faithful in my life. But I look back and see the times in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of the things that I've done. But notice, notice what it says there. It says in the latter part of that verse 21 in chapter 6 of Romans, it says, For the end of those things is death, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So there's times, no doubt, and we can look back in our life and see the things that we've done and, and the messes and the mistakes that we've made and, and we self-condemn ourselves. Self-condemnation. Now you think about this. I, I thought, wouldn't you like to go back and relive a few areas of your life? Wouldn't you like to go back and make a few changes? You know, we can't go back and do those things. We can't go back and relive this in our life. We can't go back and, and, and change what we've messed up in our life. But you know what I thought about this? How many of you adults here tonight, listen, now I'm... Believe me, I'm not trying to throw things up in your life and back up in your face, but, but how many of us would like to go back and, and take those words back that maybe we spoke to our moms and our dads so many years ago? Listen, teenagers and I, or young people, I, I, I tried to count, and I believe if I counted right from the age of 19 on down, I believe I counted about 13 young people in the church tonight. And I appreciate that. I'm, 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 we're thankful to have these young people tonight. But let me just say this, young people, to you. I'm preaching to you, and I'm preaching to these young people tonight. We ought to pay attention to what, how we speak to our moms and our dads. There, there will be a time when we'll look back and we'll have regrets on how we've talked to our parents if we're not careful. I can say this. I can remember. I can, my mommy's probably watching. I better be careful, hadn't I? I might have regrets here tonight. I don't know. You pray for this preacher. But <laughs> I thought there was one time I remember, I, I don't ever remember talking back to my mommy and my daddy. I knew better. But, and and let me, let me just, I'm living proof of that, by the way. Because had I talked back to mom and dad, I'd have at least been picking up my teeth, spitting teeth. But I remember one time I got in trouble by my mom. I'm probably going to get a message from this tonight. But I, I, got, I got in trouble by my mom for something that my brother had did. But I got in trouble for it and I got mad. It wasn't my fault. I got mad and, and I had a hat on. I took my hat off and I threw it down and stomped through the house. But that's the only time I can ever remember getting upset. But I, I didn't say nothing. But I look back down through my life and thank God I, I have no regrets. Looking back the way I've treated my mommy and my daddy, I've always had the utmost respect for mom and dad. I love mom and dad. They, they mean 
that mean everything to me tonight, but, but I'm telling you young people tonight, listen, we ought to pay attention how we conduct ourselves. We ought to pay attention on how we, we uh, talk and, uh, you know, just the, the, the manner of the way we say it can be hurting at times. And God forbid that we look back and on a time in our lives when I wished I'd have never said that to mom and dad. I wished I'd have never said it that way. I wished I'd have said this in, instead. But no doubt we can look back. Self-condemnation. We can look back and see where we've done things wrong. And I thought, how many of you would like to go back and, 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 and relive a, a marriage, relive uh, the way we've raised our children? No doubt we can look back and see where we've, we've made mistakes and made messes and, and we've got self-condemnation because of that. You know what? I believe this tonight. I believe, but you, 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 think about, you think about that when they brought that woman, they brought that woman to Jesus how that she was convicted in her own heart and in her own mind of the very acts that she had done and how she was caught up in them. And I believe that she had what we call self-condemnation. And I believe tonight if we was to open the floor, no doubt that every one of us could stand and tell of things that we've done and regrets and mistakes and messes that we made. I'm not here to do that. I'm not trying to throw up your past. But no doubt we've all had what is called self-condemnation. From time to times in our life. Now, you think about this. I believe that we can see what is what I would consider to be called social condemnation. Here they brought this young woman. The scribes and the Pharisees brought this young woman, and here gathered a crowd. Society's gathering, and they're seeing what's taking place, and they're seeing what's going on. So here comes here comes this crowd, and you know that that. How many of you have ever heard of gossip? Word gets around, does it not? People talk. You know, they probably didn't go to Facebook and Twitter back in these days and make a post of it or whatever they do. I, I, I have no idea what they do. But, but now what would we do? My goodness, first thing we'd do, we'd pull up Facebook and... I mean, we, our fingers would be going so... Did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you see what they've done? Did you, have you heard this? I'm preaching, am I not? It word gets around and, and people, it, it don't take long that, that it, it's over here and it's over here what has happened. And here, here comes, here comes the, the, the people and, and they're condemning. You know, the, I don't read where any of them is on their knees praying for this young lady that she might find healing, that she might find hope in her life, that she might find help. But you know what? They're all looking around for stones that they might cast the first one. Now, you think about that. Social condemnation. You know, now the scribes and the scribes were the professionals of the law. They were there. I believe that the Pharisees brought them in. They were there so that they could they would remind Jesus of what Moses said about the law. And and they were they were there. They they were over the law of, of divorce. They were over the law of, of marriage and, and, and all this and that and uh, the laws of the land. And you think about that and, and, and they dealt with adultery and, and dealt with all these things. And, and I, they were the, the professionals of the law. And I believe that they brought Jesus in on that social condemnation as well because they asked Him, what say, what say ye? They was bringing Jesus in on it as well. And they was wanting Him to, to speak up. But I like what Jesus done. Notice in... In verse number, in verse number two, and verse number three. Now you think about this. Here, here are the elite religious people of that day. 
Here's the scribes. Here's the Pharisees. You know, and when I understand in order to be a Pharisee, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. Genesis through, Genesis through Deuteronomy. They had to memorize it verbatim from Genesis 1 and 1 all the way down to Deuteronomy 33 or whatever it is there. They had to memorize all in order to be a Pharisee. They knew the Word of God. And here is the elite religious people of that day. But let me just say this. Religion will not get you nowhere. It takes a relationship. I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here they brought these this young lady. Where did they bring her? They took her to Jesus. But where was Jesus? He was in the temple. So my question to you is, here's the elite religious people of that day. Why were they not in the temple themselves? Why were they... If it's a Sabbath day, I don't know what day of the week it was, but Jesus was in the, in the temple teaching. Why were they not in the temple themselves? Perhaps, and how did they come across this young lady? Maybe they themselves were out running the street corners the same that she was herself. You think about it. And here they are quick to judge and quick to throw stones. And let me just say this. I would be leery of this crowd. Oh boy, you think about this. I would be leery of the crowd that thinks they're too religious and thinks they're too righteous and can't find a church that's good enough for them. Amen. Amen goes right there. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. So now you think, here this woman, she's got self-condemnation. Now she's got social condemnation. And here, here are... These, these men about ready to stone this young lady. You know, I, I thought if, if all that we can do as a church is cast judgment and condemn others, then we've missed the mark miserably. If, if we judge somebody just by the way they look when they walk through the door, then we as a church have utterly failed. Miserably, we've made a mess of it. We have no idea what people's lives are like. You know what we ought to do is just love them in. Love them in and and welcome them into the house of God. And you let me just say this. It's not just the preacher's position to do that. We ought to welcome the people into the house of God. But but here's this woman. She's got self-condemnation, social condemnation. She's got the religious people upon her. Now you think about this. Now we also see that they, they bring it up. Well, Moses says this. They point it out to Jesus. Well, Moses said this. Now she's got scriptural condemnation. The Bible says, God's Word says that we ought to do this. Now, you think, here it is. Not only does she have self-condemnation, not only does she have social condemnation and the government and, and the society's bearing down on her, even much more than that, she's, got, she's being condemned by God. The Word of God says, this is what we ought to do. Now you think about that. And the Bible says this. I got it wrote down here, I believe. The Bible says this. It says, He that believeth not is condemned already, but he hath not, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condemned already simply because we have not believed. Now you know by every right, by self, by herself, 
by society and by the scripture, by, by, the, by the law of God, every right, every, everything is pointing stone this young lady. You think about that and how that she's condemned to die. She's condemned to death. And here, Jesus, you know, the Jews, they're about ready. I can see them. They've done gathered up their rocks. They've done gathered their stones and they've got them in hand. And they're just about ready to cast the stone. But look, could you imagine that they asked Jesus, well, what, say, what did they say there in verse number 5? It says, but what sayest thou? Could you imagine them Pharisees and those scribes and all, and, and society that's gathered around there, and they're just about ready to rear back and heap stones upon this young lady. Jesus says, go ahead, have at it. Now listen. But ye that have, that are, is without sin, cast the first stone. Now, these men begin to think, oh boy, they think back to what I've done. They think back to the messes. And so now they're feeling what this young lady is feeling in self-condemnation. Now they're standing around and they've got their own guilt, their own shame, their, their own convictions. And now that none of them is rearing back and throwing stones, now everybody around knows that everybody else has messed up and made a mistake. So now they're feeling the social condemnation. They're feeling everything that she's felt. Not only that, they're feeling the, the, the results of the, the scriptural condemnation as well because no doubt that they've committed sin against God's Word. They, they know that they've made a mistake. And you know what? The Bible says that they begin to drop their stones and, and by the eldest to the youngest, they begin to walk out of that place. You know what? They left the way they came. Think about that. Here was the man that could have took care of all their problems. Here was a man that could have met every need that they ever had. Every burden, every problem. Jesus could have fixed everything that they had in their life. And here they left the way they came. And, and then when it was all said and done, Jesus looks up and looks around and He alone is left with this young lady. Think about that. I like what Jesus asked her there. He said, in verse number 10, I believe it is, it says... Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And I like what she said there. She said, Lord. She said, no man. Lord, is that not what she said? And you know, I believe when she recognized Him as Lord. You know, I believe that made a difference in her life. You know, I believe she realized who this man was. And I thought, well, you might ask, well, when did this woman get saved? When did, he, he said, he said, Remember what he told her? He said in the latter part of verse number 11, he said, Go and sin no more. I believe that Jesus met her need that day. And I believe that Jesus saved that young lady that day. And you might ask, well, how in the world did she get saved? Where, when did she get saved? And I believe it's simply this, when she recognized Him as Lord and Master. You remember the thief that hung on the cross? You remember that? He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in to thy kingdom. And I believe he recognized Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. And I believe he was saved on the cross there that day. In fact, I believe that very day he was in paradise with the Lord Jesus. Jesus said so, and I believe it. But you think about this. You know, I thought that, I thought about this woman and how that, how that Jesus 
was able to forgive her of her sins. And I thought about, if you'll notice, I believe it's in verse number 3. It said there somewhere um, in verse number number 2, in the latter part of verse number 2, it says, And he... Now, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm sorry. Um, in the latter part of verse number 3, there it is. Thank you, Lord. It says, And when they had set her down in the midst of them. So here's this young woman sitting in the midst of them. Now, if you'll look down with me in verse number 9, notice what it says there. It says, in the latter part, it says, And the woman standing in the midst. So here she was. She was under condemnation. She was setting. She was seated. She was down under condemnation. And somewhere along the line, I believe that she was able to rise above that condemnation. I believe she was able to overcome that condemnation. You say, how in the world can we overcome condemnation? How in the world can we overcome self-condemnation? How can we overcome social condemnation? How can we overcome scriptural condemnation? I believe simply this. I believe it's, I believe it's simply this. I believe it's, it starts with repentance. I believe that we ought to turn away from the things that we've been doing. Do a about face and get away from the sin and the things that we've committed and get away from those things. You know, it's, it is impossible, you think about this, it is impossible to stay focused on things that's before us if we're constantly looking back. I can't do it. And I don't believe you can either. And I'll just say this. If some of us would stay more focused looking ahead, I believe we'd be a lot better off. Don't look back. Don't look back to the things. But, but you know what? In Philippians, Paul wrote in Philippians chapter number 3, I, I believe he, he wrote this, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, you think, I thought that, you know, Timothy or Paul, Paul wrote to Timothy and he told him to be aware of some that would creep in unawares. You remember that? I believe that's in First. First Timothy, and he said, "For such, turn away." You know, there's going to be some that that that's that's going to try to condemn you and try to condemn me. And and I've done mention, you know, Jesus. I like what Jesus did, and when he knelt down there and began to, I believe, right in the dirt and right in the sand there, he pushed them out. He shunned them out. Didn't pay no attention to them. You know, I believe a lot of times we ought to do that is just. Not pay attention to what the, th- the people of the world have to say. You know what? I, it makes no difference what they say. I know what God has done in my life. I know who I am in Christ. And thank God I don't have to believe what they're telling me. You don't have to believe what they're telling me. I know who I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I thought, I thought simply this. I believe, I believe we ought to trust in the Lord Jesus. You know, in verse number... In verse number seven, you'll find that they were ready to stone her. They was ready to that they was ready to uh, just heap the stones upon her. And you know, I, I thought that everybody everybody knew everybody knew that that she was guilty. Everybody knew she was taken up in the very act. And and I thought that that Jesus, I believe he forgave. I believe she forgave herself simply because she had she had done stood up. She was standing in the midst. She was no longer she was no longer seated in the midst, but she was standing in the midst. She had done forgiven herself 
and now she looks around and, and society's done, they're, they're gone, they've done left, they've done dropped their stones and gone. And here is the Word of God standing right before God Himself in the flesh. And Jesus said, I condemn thee not, go and sin no more. And how that she, I believe that she overcame condemnation there that day. But you know, I thought about this. I thought simply this tonight. No doubt that every one of us has struggled and dealt with condemnation in our life. And how can we overcome condemnation in our life? I believe this is, first of all, we've got to repent. We've got to get away. We've got to get away from the things, those pet sins that we hold on to. Those things that we have hid in our closet that no, maybe nobody else knows about but you. We need to get rid of those things and, and, and turn away from them and get away from them. And you know, I, I thought that Paul wrote this in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 1. There's a few verses here in chapter number 8 of Romans that I want to share with you and I'll be done in just a moment. But Paul wrote this. He said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Thank God that I'm not condemned. We don't have to be condemned tonight because we can be in Christ Jesus. Also over in that same chapter there, I believe it's verse 33 and 34. Notice this, I like this. There's a series of questions that Paul asked and I like what he says here. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who is it that can condemn us if we be in Christ Jesus? And I thought in Psalm 103... The writer wrote that God hath removed our transgressions away as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered again. You know, it's not, it's not God that's going to bring those things up and say, remember this or remember that. But you know, there's times when Satan will come in and he'll say, remember this or remember that. Remember when you said that or done that. You remember that person you used to be? But I thought as the writer wrote there in Psalm 103 that God hath removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. That's a pretty long ways. Yeah. You know that I believe that Satan's out there and he's going east and he's searching for my sins. Yeah. And then he might get tired of going east. And then he'll go west. And he's searching for my sins. He's not going to catch up with them. He's not going to find them. You know that you can go east as long as you want to and you'll never go west. Or you can go west as long as you want to, but you'll never go east. But you know, if, if you go north, there's going to come a point when you're going to hit the top and go... That's why he didn't say it was far as the north is from the south, but thank God. You know... There, I like to think of it like this. My sins are gone. I like to think of it like that. They're not just covered up. 
They're, they're, not, they're, they're, not, they're not there, but thank God they're removed. They're gone. And, and God has no remembrance of them. I believe this. I believe that He wants to forget about them. And He forgets about my sins and forgets about your sins. And you know, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today that I can stand before you as though I've never sinned before, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what the Lord Jesus did on the cross of Calvary and my acceptance of His precious blood there that day. You know, I I can stand without guilt. I can stand without shame. I can stand without conviction and know that I've been set free from the penalty of sin all because of what the Lord Jesus did. Condemnation. Would you stand with me tonight? Jeff, are you all able to come back and get us a song of invitation? Maybe you're here tonight and you're just ate up with condemnation. Condemning yourself. Maybe it's others. It's pointing fingers. Society says this. And they'll say that. But you know what? God will have the last say so. And you know I believe this. I believe simply we ought to just get away from the things that we've been doing. Remove those things out of our life. Repent and turn from them. And, and we can rid ourselves of the self-condemnation. And rid ourselves of the social condemnation. And rid ourselves of the scriptural condemnation. And let me just say this. If there's any difference or separation between us and right here, it's not this that's wrong. But right here, it's right here. And I've got to get lined up with the Word of God. And you've got to get lined up with the Word of God. I just want to encourage you tonight, invite you tonight, if the Lord has spoken to you, why don't you trust Him? Why don't you mind Him tonight? Help yourself.